So hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to the Return of Ritual online show. And I'm Amber Winston, and I am so excited to have the most beautiful guest joining me here today. Uh, this is the lovely Belinda Pearl, yes. and she is a mystic. She's an intuitive healer with over 20 years of experience in the field of the esoteric healing arts and the mystical arts which is incredible. I'm just so honored and excited to have you. So welcome, Belinda. Thank you. Thank you for having me here, Amber. I'm delighted that you, you, know, you called upon me. I'm delighted that I could answer you. I'm delighted that we could actually be here together. So thank you so much. I'm honored. Thank you. Thank you. And so I wanted to just start by sharing a little bit of my intention around the Return of Ritual online show. Um, you know, I believe that rituals and ceremonies have been a part of our ancient civilization and culture for, for millennia. And I've noticed in our Western society recently that the beauty of sacred ritual has kind of been stripped away from our daily living. And so it's really my mission to help bring sacred ritual back into our daily lives. And really, this started by my curiosity. I'm so curious. I want to learn about how we can use different rituals or techniques or tools that all cultures have been using for forever into our own lives to really help us um, heal and to evolve and to live more meaningful lives. So that's my intention for, for this online show. And when I came across your work, Belinda, I just found that there was such a beautiful force with you, and um, I'm so excited to dive in today. So the first question that I have is kind of a fun one. Um, what is your zodiac sign? I'm Aquarius, um, and I love being Aquarius, actually. I've always thought if I have a child, <laughs> I would want them to be Aquarius, too. I just like that we're the great awakener. We, we have our own sort of drumbeat. We are ruled by Uranus, which is the great rebel of the sky. Um, you know, his, his um, rotation is, you know, sort of on this plane versus all the other planets are kind of on this plane. So we, we do have our own sort of outlook. I do see it in my life too, how I see the world. I have this great outlook mm. of all of humanity. So I love being Aquarius and that's me. <laughs> I love it. I love asking. And, and I keep saying this because... Um, I'm talking to a lot of Aquarii and I, there's just so much beauty that I see in this sign. And um, I have a lot of dear friends that are Aquarii as well. And it's, and it's totally true. They're just tapped in, in expression, so divine and so beautiful. So thank you for, for sharing. Um, I'd like to ask you now, what is your ideal morning or evening ritual? What does that look like? So, Ideally, <laughs> I mean, live in this modern world. So I find that my rituals are adaptable and they're flexible. And I think that's how a great spirit wants us to be. But ideal is I love to get up early in the morning. I love the sacred time before anybody else rises in the morning. And since a kid, a child, um, growing up in South Africa, I was fortunate to kind of grow out outside of the main uh, city areas. Um, so when I'd get up, it was really dark in the mornings. Um, I'd go for like a run in the mornings just to connect to nature, to be outside. And I love that. And I still love that so much. My soul really calls that as medicine into my life. So this waking up early in the morning. And they say this is a sacred time. They call it an ambrosia time. And I really 
you know, my intention to wake up early in the morning is to connect to spirit and to really start my day from spirit. You know, as you know, we go through life, life is asks you to be adaptable. So also cycles in life. So sometimes early morning becomes a little bit later in morning, depending on, um, you know, where we are in our cycles, but the morning period has always been my sacred space and my sacred time. And I utilize that to really connect inwardly to myself within and then also to spirit. And I use that time also to move my body, to breathe, to find time to meditate, to do some reflection work, see what spirit wants me to find too. Sometimes I'll grab a book and I just open up the book and I see whatever's written in the page. It doesn't matter what message is there. It may seem strange at the time. It always seems to have some kind of relevance either through the day or the coming week or you know, already have been that way. So um, I really find that the morning time is the most sacred time to connect with spirit and to be with inside of myself before I even move out into the world and get busy with anything. Like even my phone and stuff, I put it away so I'm not checking any messages or social media or anything to really distract my mind. I find that also if I keep the space in the morning, I'm able to really dip into my meditation um, really easy. So, I, you know, that's my sort of sacred time. And then before I go to sleep too, I like to um, depart from the day. So I'll find time before I have this ritual at 9 p.m. I try to do it at 9 p.m. just because that was the time guidance gave me. And so that's the time that I really sit and I connect to my master guides and not really have questions or anything. I sit and be quiet and still and see if there's any reflections that want to come in. And then before I go to sleep, I'll just sit a few moments and breathe. So then I can like slip into bed. And sometimes I'll do like a little like um, breathwork exercise so that I can be really um, lucid in my dreaming. So I can really connect mm. to that dream space as well. So I have these little, it kind of varies a little bit, but I have a morning thing that's absolute that I need, even if it's half an hour or sometimes it's like two or three hours. I really like to um, lounge in that space. And then always before bed, I like to go to bed with a clean mind and be very mm. clear. So that's, you know, my dreams can really be a great interpretation of what is going on with inside of my life, what spirit's talking to, what my soul is wanting me to do, what guides wish me to do too. Um, and I find that I sleep better and I've always had vivid dreams. So I love to be really connected to my dreams as well. So wow. So how... Um you know, I think the dream time is such a magical time to connect to as well. And um, it's something that I've actually struggled to remember dreams. And so I'm wondering if anybody who's listening to this maybe relates to me a little bit in that regard where they, they can't quite remember their dreams or they're not present in their dreams. Belinda, would you mind sharing maybe what that breath technique is, maybe help, or if you have any other suggestions yeah. or tips on how people can connect to dream world? Yeah. So one of the, like one of the techniques that I kind of found in a book somewhere, it was these 21 breaths. So 21 seems to be like a sacred number throughout history. So I do these 21 deep breaths, just breathing in, breathing out slowly and sort of just feeling my body relax as I do. So um, I don't really count the breaths. I just kind of tell my, my mind or my body that 21 breaths is all I need. So it's around about 21. And then I also tell myself, that I will dream well, I will remember my dreams before I go to sleep as well. So I'm actually like setting myself up for success in some way. And I think it takes time to, to um, get your mind to 
get this practice into like into the remembering part of it and then I've also practiced a lot with sort of um, being aware in my dreams like sometimes there'll be a point in the dream where I'll see if I can see my feet or my hands and then that helps me kind of step into this lucid place of actually being able to kind of not really control the dreams but like be very conscious or aware in my dreams too um, and then sometimes like before when I should say sometimes I have this little ritual sometimes I'll do too if I'm working with something specifically I'll write a question on a piece of paper and I'll slide it underneath my pillow and I have a glass of water next to my bed and so I can write out the question then I drink half the glass of water and I say okay I'll remember my dreams and then when I wake up I will take that a half a glass of water and I'll say I've remembered my dreams and the first thing I do is I write you know whether it's like on a my phone or if it's on a piece of paper, whatever's available, I try to put some uh, dream diary available. They also say that it's very, very important that while you are, um, while you, you've come from your dream space and you're waking up is not to talk to anybody because the moment you do anything else, that place of your dreams and remembering your dreams will disappear. So these are little te mm. techniques. You could say that actually help you remember the dreams, but I think that the most powerful piece is just telling yourself before you go to sleep I remember my dreams and when you wake up in the morning you know say to yourself I remember my dreams and it's almost like automatically over time I'd say you remember your dreams and becomes a sort of um, uh, imprinted practice if you want to remember your dreams and the dreams are there to like help you move through you know life and your subconscious self as well as soul coming in and speaking to you i think once we start to let go of um you know all the, the meanderings of the mind and the thoughts and the fears then you start to see a clearer plane inside and you see how um soul is actually speaking to your guides are speaking to you through your dreams as well i'm also um i travel a lot in my dreams <laughs> so sometimes i can wake mm -hmm. up like completely exhausted and ever since a kid, I remember this. I had a lot of prophetic dreams. It was when I was a kid, I'd come to school and I'd say something to my friend and she would be like, how did you know that happened last night? And I was like, I dreamt it. It's like, so sometimes I have like, if I dream about people and lots of great things happen, I get a little bit worried. I'll like call them up and say, like, are you okay? <laughs> Just in case, mm -hmm. you know, because I've had so many of these sort of, I call them prophetic dreams that um, I get nervous when they kind of crazy sometimes. But then it could be just maybe something coming in or something changing or, you know, planets in the sky too. We're very um, influenced by the energy of the stars, I think. I feel absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think it's what you mentioned, just the power of, of declaring that you'll remember your dream um, is so, it's so powerful in itself. And it actually made me think back to when I was a little girl, I would have very vivid dreams that I didn't feel like I ever rested fully. And so I remember, it's almost like I drew a line in the sand back when I was a young girl, where I was like, I don't want to dream anymore. You know, I don't want to dream. I don't want to remember. I just want to rest. And it's funny to hear you say, you know, if you want to connect back to dream world now, you have to redeclare, okay, I'm going to make that part in again, um, or I want to connect to that again. Um, so I just thought I would share that because that came up that I remember just like saying no more, no more of this and how powerful your word is. It, it listens. So if you do, if you're listening to this and you do want to connect more deeply to your dreams, the simple invitation of just declaring that you will remember them yeah. is, is so beautiful. 
Absolutely. And what was coming in while you were speaking is maybe this is, you know, for you or for who's listening to is this, it's dream state or I dream body is it's a relationship. So it's, you know, it's, if you push a dream self away, you know, kind of locked in the closet there, it's, you know, it's an invitation to bring the dream self back up and you cultivating relationship, you know, dreams, I think really help us with our daily, everything, like our, our worries or our thoughts or whatever is going on in life, like helping us to work through all of that. But it is this relationship. So, you know, if you, you know, if you've had in the past, maybe not so great dreams or, you know, nightmares too, and you've put them away, especially as a child, I remember as a kid too, like very much active dreams, like waking up so mm. exhausted that for some reason, like it's my Aquarius self, I don't know, <laughs> like love dreams. And so I, I love the fact that I dream so vividly every night. And I do, I remember my dreams. I don't sometimes remember like all the details because maybe that particular week I've been working on something else. When I also have um, chosen to do like the lucid dreaming and when I started doing that work, my dreams were kind of interrupted. It was it's definitely like a refracturing of this relationship and seeing like the change in it. And then once I got into the sort of flow of it, it became easier and, you know, the dreaming changed and I was more in, you know, um, in con like connected to the experience of what was coming through, through the dreams as well and able to interpret them too. That's a piece too, as it's like, I call it dream translation, able to, or dream alchemy is really to understand what the dream is. If a dog shows up, you know, I don't, I tell people don't go look in the dream diary because that's somebody else's interpretation, but you know, the collective mm. understanding of the dream, but you have a independent relation or unique relationship with dog too. So mm. what's dog showing you specifically in their dream too. So don't buy a dream diary. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's teaching us to remember that we, we have the innate wisdom in ourselves, you know, and to trust that, that you can, you know, you don't necessarily need somebody else to, to tell you, although it can be helpful to have a guide. Um, certainly that's something that I always like to recommend people is that they do have someone that they can go to, to, to work on these sorts of things. But it's also a beautiful invitation for us all to remember that we have that innate wisdom in ourselves. And I feel like that's kind of been stripped from us, uh, you know, as a society or as women or, you know, even as men too, it's like, let's bring that back. And I think ritual is a beautiful vessel to help us connect back to that inner wisdom. Yeah, and this um, is a perfect dream ritual, if you will. If this is something you want to work on, this is a perfect dream ritual. And when I was saying, like, don't go by dream diary, I think you'll discover from inside of you, it's all about relationships. So like I said, relationship with dog or relationship with person or that relationship in the dream, how was that energy specifically? It's not specifically a person or, um, you know, or even a snake or like your teeth. I used to have dreams about my teeth all the time when I was younger in high school. <laughs> and I figured out, you know, it was all about decision-making and how I was making my decisions. And that was interesting because I didn't look through my dream diaries. I really went inward to discover what this was. And this was in high school. I think, you know, I've had this sort of dream, dream connection or dream alchemy connection for a really long time. And, um, you know, just being who I am, the sensitivity to it, but everything can get honed through this practice, this continual ritual, you know, if it's something that you're going to work through. And I think, again, dreams are a powerful tool for us, especially if we're delving into our more spiritual self, which is an arena which excites and delights me. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's talk a little bit about your upbringing, because I think that that's a really unique thing that I would love to learn more about. Uh, you know, you grew up in South Africa and 
maybe you could just tell us how you felt like your upbringing really allowed you to connect more deeply or more fully to your spiritual gift. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I love the fact that I was brought up in South Africa and um, I may get a little tearful because I'm really connected to um, Mother Africa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love everything yeah. about Africa. And I think my soul specifically chose to be brought up on the soils of Africa. So if I ever go to South Africa, it's like I always, you know, I'm like a slinky. I just want to like slide down from like the airplane onto the soil and just put, rest my heart and my belly on there and I could eat the soil. <laughs> like everything, the smells and the sounds. And um, yeah, I was very fortunate. I think um, we always, you know, we choose our parents that we uh, want to come through with. And um, my mom, um, I, who I am in terms of my spirituality, I give a lot to my mom because she was very open-minded. Um, she took us to a lot of healers. We went to a lot of psychics. Um, we went to all kinds of, she took us to like these, or at least me, I know for sure she took me to these like spiritual fairs. And so from a very young age, I was introduced to sort of um, esoteric, metaphysical, mystical um, teachings. Um, I remember going to yoga when I was a kid with my mom and all the way through, she even like took me somewhere once and she like dropped me, but these ladies were doing yoga, but all they did was speak. Um, and it was, you know, it was about spirit and everything. So I think my mom was my guide to help. Mm. Um, she put me in a cocoon. She definitely had me in a great cocoon for me to grow from and to transform into who I am. But she was definitely the one that introduced me to all you know the different side that we went to homeopaths and naturopaths and only when you know the arm was falling off we would run to like the medical doctor um and then also growing up you know in africa where we grew up specifically we're kind of outside of um you know the small cities and the big city for sure but we were probably like 20 30 minutes away from where we went to high school but we were, you know, it was dark outside when, you know, you know, the lights were off. It was super dark. You could see the stars. We could see, I remember, Hades Comet. We lived on this five-acre plot with um, animals and really connected to, you know, the soils of Africa and to nature. And I remember as a child, too, I, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't understand it exactly what was going on inside of me or what I was connecting to, but I would spend hours like kind of communing with spirit outside there with you know, the elementals, with the soils. I remember seeing like patterns in the soils and I could imagine in my mind, I'd make these huge patterns. And then when I, um, was it the, the, the Nazdic desert um, with those big drawings in the desert? Mm-hmm. The first time I saw that, I actually, and I was much older, I was in my twenties when I saw it, actually kind of freaked out a little bit because of all these memories back as a child of seeing these big drawings and patterns. And as a child, I wanted to do like we had this bottom area of a plot where at the time I didn't have any grass and I imagined that I could draw these patterns. So when I saw that, I was really like taken back, like, where am I from? I think also my mom yeah. allowed me to be who I am. Like all my, all my siblings allowed us to be who we were. And even though I was kind of the strange kid, cause I'm, you know, I took a different path. I wanted to do this. I did other things um, a little bit differently to, you know, everybody else. But my, you know, mom and dad never, you know, um, they always encouraged me to be that. I decided to do healing straight away. My dad was like, study properly, you know, study something. So I do have a degree <laughs> actually in marketing communications. Um, but um, my, my, you know, I was like, I just was really interested in, you know, started with massage therapy as like, you know, sort of like seemed normal. And from there, it kind of just like 
blossomed. I met some woman over the phone from England and she's like, you need to go study Reiki. And this was like in the early nineties. I think I had to draw, drive like four or five hours to actually find my Reiki master. And, you know, I learned very classically healing as well. All the teachers that, um, and shamans that kind of came into my life, a lot of the work that they um, shared was a lot of sort of channeled work too, very connected to spirit. I've also experienced everything from like high, like God most high, if you will, the most high God to, um, I would call it alien technology, you know, some of the, the modalities too. It's been really interesting. And then also being very close. My mom, you know, took us to Sangomas when you were younger too. I remember meeting the Sangomas and they telling stories in Sangomas, um, a medicine person in mm-hmm. South Africa, that's the name given to them there. And so, and it's a very, you know, different, very ritualistic as well. You know, um, actually two years ago, I met with a Sangoma here that came to um, San Diego and I was so excited to actually find, it was just like kismet, like destiny that she was coming at a certain time in this particular day that all these things happened and the ritual just really connected. All I did when I saw her was cry because she brought with her mother Africa. And we had such a amazing disconnection with this um, you know, conversation that we had together and just connecting energetically. And she held me for like almost like 30 minutes because all I was doing was crying, mm. just missing Africa so much. I really feel like mm. being brought up so close to the soils of Africa had such a great, um, 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 what's, I'm trying to find what the word is, like a great influence on who I am. And it's mm. in, you know, I always think of like when we eat, fruits and vegetables, you know, it's grown in the soils and those minerals from the earth, how they saturate through you. And I also feel that growing in, up in Africa, I'm very I'm Aquarius, I'm very air, very esoteric and very metaphysical, very mystical, very outside of my body a lot. And a lot of my teachers always said, you know, you need to be grounded. <laughs> I think growing up in Africa actually helped me. Otherwise it would have been like gone already. <laughs> so yeah, that's a long story, but yeah, Africa is, you know, it's definitely in my soul, it's my body. And um, people can ask me questions about, so will ask me things about South Africa. And sometimes I'll just start crying because it's such a beautiful thing. Like the smile of African children, just that's like a tearjerker mm. for me. The sound of African people singing or dancing. Yeah, that's, you, you have me at that. And then I'm you know, either like in a puddle, a puddle of tears, like joyful tears, but also missing that heartbeat yeah. of Africa. So do you, I, I know I'm curious because you live here in San Diego um, and it sounds you have a, a very profound connection to Mother Africa. Do you go back to visit? Do you, do you spend part of the year there? Do you, are you happy here? I'm just curious, like how do you connect to, to yeah. that feeling? Yeah, so I'm, I feel very displaced at times for sure because I do miss Africa in general. Um, I've, I feel that, so quickly on your question. So I, the last time I was back was six years ago. Time seems to fly a lot. <laughs> it goes by really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, luckily I have a you know, WhatsApp channel with my family. And so even though maybe I'm not communicating with them all the time, I see all this stuff from South Africa. So I get a little bit of a fix every day from that. Um, so yeah, I would like to have traveled back as often as you said. <laughs> But um, I, and I do feel very displaced being here. That's why, you know, one of my uh, rituals is connecting to my guides. And a couple of years back, you know, I did this discovery and um, I discovered that Mother Africa is one of my master guides. And so this 9 p.m. Um, 
ritual, this meditation ritual that I do to connect to my master guides, I honestly feel that this gives me um, that what I need, that sort of like little dose of Africa in me. But I do, I, you know, if I see pictures from like wildlife from Africa, that's, I just kind of soak it in. I have a lot of um, little African tokens, if you will, too, that I, you know, play with use um, in all the work that I do as well as uh, beads that I sometimes use for one um, of all the healing too when I'm channeling I'll use these beads and it's not really stuff that I use with other people I have these cloths that I use too when I'm doing my own work as well so I put them over my shoulder when I'm shoulders when I'm doing certain work as well um, or I lay them over my body when I'm doing as well. So I try to get my fix that way. How do I, I feel like I was brought to San Diego, actually. My story, you know, it's very much like destiny written. It was in flow with the universe or guidance pulling me this way. I won my green card through the green card lottery. And the way that it was all set up was definitely like there was, you could see that the universe was doing something, helping me like every step of the way. And every time I lost energy, there was always somebody or something to lift me up and keep guiding me to this place. Um, I definitely found a roundabout way of coming to San Diego. You know, how I first initially came to the United States was first to Eugene, Oregon, then back to South Africa. And then I was going to just kind of drop myself in Florida and then kind of figure out where I was going to go but there's this huge community of South Africans here in San Diego and my friend was like you need to um, you know go stay with these people that I know in San Diego and we were down in Cape Town and lo and behold looking across the table there's like the father of the company that he's talking about is sitting right there and we're like so that's exactly what I'm saying it's like that is my life generally guided all the way and I really feel that it's also that's a way that I live that the universe always provides and guides us. So I feel like I was brought here for a very specific purpose. I am, it seems like a purpose to work with, and, and I don't kind of say I work with men or women, but it seems like I have a lot of work to do with women too. Um, and, you know, it's, in this time when it's divine feminine rising too, it's, it's definitely divinely timed. I'm not sure exactly what it is because, you know, you think you have an idea <laughs> and, source no the most high the universe kind of keeps changing that thing like moves moves it further away from what you think it was so i feel like i'm being guided i've been um the last two years on this uh, vision quest as well i decided i wanted to you know i was like let me study a little bit more about sort of native american um, shamanism and universe mm. brought me to meet this one particular woman and oh, it's totally different from what I expected that I was going to go through. She's like, this is not for your path. Your path is this. And it's completely different to what I expected. And I thought that vision quest would be like 12 months, but it's, it's been almost two and a half years. <laughs> so it's, wow. yeah, it's definitely living connected to spirit is you know that's my daily ritual that's why i connect every day in the morning is to be in spirit i do ask every day like show me why i'm here and guide me you know this past year as well i chose to surrender this is another ritual that i put and you know we humans we always attach to how we want things to be and i keep reminding myself just surrender if this doesn't work out this means this is you know just keep moving just keep moving that's all they want you to do is to keep moving right Hmm. Yeah, so and yeah, wow. I find I, I yeah, I disconnect so deeply to what you're saying and um 
talking a little bit about displacement, I think really kind of struck a chord with me personally. Um, and I, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about this because other people might be feeling maybe a disconnection from where maybe they were actually born versus where they feel connected to. So my example would be my parents are from England and they were born there. They got married there and then they immigrated to San Diego. And then I was born here. And every time I go back to England or Europe in general, I just feel like, Oh, I'm home. Like the soul, my soul level is like, Oh, like greenery and lushness. And, um, and so growing up in San Diego, my whole life, there's been this kind of tug of war of like, do I really feel like I fit in here on like a deeper soul level? And so I, I wanted to share that because I want, I wanted to ask you, is it common for people to have maybe their soul feel more connected at different parts of the globe than where they actually might be living today? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I do feel that you, you, know, you grew up here, but you have this connection to Europe as, as another place that I feel deeply connected to. And it's interesting because I, I think from a soul level, from that space that we have you know, multiple lifetimes and certain lifetimes are, especially in this lifetime, could be highlighted or heightened. And so you could, you know, if you grow up here and then you, you know, you've never been anywhere else in the world and you go to Italy for a vacation and you just say, I'm home. <laughs> I've never been here before, but I could feel like it could move into this place. So I definitely think that um, whether it's past life or at a soul level, that we have this, these connections to places. And as I'm talking, um, this sort of reminder is coming in of, you know, they are, mystical points or these ley lines and these points where we you know we find pyramids and sacred spaces upon this earth and i think some of us that are in this work especially um, whether we're healers or mystics or oracle or you know you know you can also be just a doctor from that perspective and you you know your mind is opening up to the space of you know the other side of just you know the black and white which is in, in a textbook to you know what's created all of this and so I feel that during this time where you said you, you've got a lot of Aquarius friends and Aquarius people, and I think a lot of us are waking up to this um, golden age, this Aquarian age. And this is why a lot more people are stepping to this place of healing. And I think that's why a lot of more people are sensitized to really where they come from at a soul space. You know, when you said the prayer, spoke about the star people. And I see that a lot in people's faces too. People have these different... Um, lack of a better word come from different realms if you will and i did a meditation for the full moon recently and all the people in the space i said please look at your everybody's faces can you notice that there's a significant you know um, similarity between everyone's face and everyone's like oh. i was like see everyone has a star essence to them all star people and it's like you know as a kid sometimes we sit outside and we look at the stars and we're like i just feel like when i was a kid i used to like look at orion's bell and go like i know that i come from See where Orion's belt, but beyond Orion's belt. Did not know, but it's like this like idea. And I feel like that's, you know, we've been called to remember that. We've been called to remember our past lives that are significant, that are helping us actually stand more into the power of who we are. And those past lives are coming up too, too. We've got all that wisdom within from all those lifetimes. We're remembering now. So we are, I know this is kind of a long-winded question <laughs> to, you know, answer to what she was saying. 
but I think that we are being activated, reminded as cell in our body. And so sometimes we have these past lives that are significant as we remember places that we feel, we just feel like we've never, we don't belong here. But I find too, though, even though like I feel like I feel displaced being here, I have this understanding that the universe or the most high great spirit brought me to this place for a reason. So maybe I'm not going to be here like always. I always talk about leaving for sure. I always say, I'm going to go live in the forest because I miss trees. I love trees. <laughs> oh, you live in the forest. So, but right now, there's significant work that needs to be done now. And I see it in the work that I'm doing through, um, you know, I think one of the things that I do is I help people move through from one dimension to the next. And what I mean by that is from one state of being to a new state of being, which is already written in your blueprint you just maybe need like a hand up and so i ignites parts of the mind and the brain and the heart and your field to help people to move that and i've seen people um transform like it's an alchemy i've seen people transform in the space and i feel like i've been i've been brought here specifically to activate certain people because i see the people that i'm working with and they are significant people like throughout our community here, especially like in the San Diego area. And they are influenced, they make creating influence in a very unique and special way. They're finding their healer within, they're finding their mystic within, they're finding the intuitive within, and they're finding their soul's essence and bringing that forward. And so, you know, even though I feel displaced, I recognize the mission that I'm on and I see that I was brought here with a purpose. And so, so be it. <laughs> Yeah, well, and it's such a nice reminder, too, that, um, you know, that I can connect with as well, that even though there's this kind of soul longing for um, another place, you know, I was born here for a reason. You know, there was a reason why I chose the parents that I did, and they chose to move to here of all places. And it was funny, because when they tell the story of when they wanted to immigrate to the States in the in the early 80s, they were like, we were deciding between Florida and California, because those were the best places for the best weather, you know, because the whole reason they left the UK was because of the rain, supposedly. Um, and and so, you know, it was like, yeah, I'm going to choose either Florida or California, and they chose California. And so there's a reason behind that. And and I do believe that, you know, I especially after hearing you talk about that a little bit more, because, you know, sometimes I do say the same thing, like, I need to move. I want more trees. I want more forests. And um Anyway, so thank you for sharing that. I think that that really, really resonates. The next question that I have, um, yeah, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the blueprint that you mentioned that we all have and that the work you're doing is really activating certain parts of people's blueprint to kind of help propel them forward. Can you talk to us about what the Akashic Records are for somebody who has like no idea what is the Akashic Records? Yeah, so the easiest way to explain Akash or Akasha is um, imagine it to be the the internet. <laughs> so, you know, social media, every picture that you've put out there, even though you've deleted it from your account, it's going to be out there forever. <laughs> so it has this like trail, like this memory of things that have happened. So it is said that the cashier is this database, if you will, this data bank, but it records, has recorded everything from every lifetime that you've ever lived and are living right now and will live. Um, I always say it's every breath, every step that you, you've taken, are taking and will take has been recorded in this space. I, in my experience, I don't believe that the Akasha is separate from us like anything else. Like time, we've delineated time, but all time happens now. Um, I 
I feel, and because I feel the Akasha, when I work with in the Akasha, I do Akashic record readings with people, I feel the Akasha very much like this golden energy all around. And I think we can tap into that Akashic space um, at any given time. Anybody can do it through meditation is the one way to just shift your brainwaves to a lower rate um, and really have that intention of stepping into the Akasha. Also, I, I liken it to a temple as well. So when we are working with Akashic records or Akashic energy, is that it's, you know, if you go to temple, you leave your shoes at the door. You know, maybe you cover your head. You, you don't go to temple, you know, with a glass of wine in your hand. You come to temple bathed and clean, you know, nice clothing on. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be shiny or anything, but, you know, something that's clean. Um, so I liken this to a temple too. So it's a sacred space that we can enter into and really connect to what our soul has chosen. So they say, um, before you enter this lifetime, like you choose your parents and everybody in your life, like everybody that you're going to meet, um, we stand at this sort of like um, high point of this balcony. And I, I see it as this, you know, if you can imagine like a, a royalty standing like, like on his balcony and he sees like the land underneath of him. And he's like, Oh, I see all these passageways. I see all these rivers. I see all these places. And I want to take this trail today. This is going to be my trail. So this is your lifetime. And I want to meet you, you and you. And I want to learn this, this and this from all of you people. And in this life, I want to, on a soul level, I want to evolve as well. So these lessons are very purposeful. So before we get started, we, we stand there and we say, this is this. And then we come through the birth canal and like we forget everything. And so now we're relearning everything. We're remembering everything. And so the Akasha helps us in our discovery. It doesn't do any fortune telling. And it's not even based on intuition either. It's really based on connecting to this field of awareness or consciousness. I've also been told, and I always say, like, this, is, this is hearsay because, you know, everything that we communicating about or talking about is things that we've read somewhere heard or somebody's taught us and they've heard it from somewhere i like the story when you know teachers you know you can sit in front of the guru and the guru gives you a story and then you you become the teacher and you share it this way and versus learning from a book um but oh gosh i'm trying to remember what i was going to say because i kind of went on that little like uh piece about oh this is what i was gonna say with um the kasha is comes from um this place where they call the 13th universe. I can't give you too much description about this, but this is where it said, this is where the ascended masters reside too. This is the Akashic field. So well, going back a little bit to a previous question, when you say like, where are you from? And I spoke about the stars, you know, my little discovery too, like finding out that Mama Africa is one of my master guides. Apparently we all come from different places, star systems, planets, um, alternative universes. And I, one of my, part of my soul comes from this 13th universe. And I feel that that's probably one of the reasons why I am so good at reading the Akashic records. I've always done it. Like I think that um, I don't have any separation from it. I'm always in it. I have learned sort of practical steps of how you get into it. And I teach these practical steps too. Like this is what we need to do. We can use a prayer. We can use meditation. This is how you get into this space. But I feel, and some of my friends and people that I've worked with before recognize that I'm like, one of my friends said to me, he goes, you're always in it. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, it really takes a conscious effort for me to step out of the space. And especially when I'm doing this work here while we're sitting here together, um, you know, if I'm driving the car, maybe I'm not in that space. Or if I'm, you know, shopping um, somewhere, you know, a gym somewhere, 
not necessarily like thinking I'm in the Akashic space, but as soon as I'm like, especially my alone time, part of my ritual is connecting to that Akashic space. A lot of people like to ask questions. I personally like to just sit in it and then allow mm-hmm. guidance that needs to be, needs to come through to come through for me. But quickly, you know, it's basically the Akashic records is this database of everything that's been recorded about you. It's likened to a tree. You see the rings in the tree and that whole tree's life is written in the tree, like all those rings. That's ex- exactly what the Akashic records are. Your meditation or your prayer to connect to it is basically the password connecting to that sort of internet. So you create that sort of Wi-Fi connection to put it in modern day terms. <laughs> I love that a little modern day analogy. I find this just so fascinating um, and so, you know, um, just intriguing, you know, that I would like to learn more about. And I'm sure people that are listening to this, uh, you know, maybe you feel inspired to learn more as well, which is why Belinda is going to be such a great resource for all of us that are interested in in getting an Akashic reading. Um, Can you talk to us a little bit about how someone can use the Akasha or a reading um, to gain some insights to help them on their healing journey. So we're all kind of at a different part in our evolutionary healing journey. How could this be used maybe as a ritual or as information to help us with wherever we are at in our own individual journey? Yeah, that's a great question because one of the things, like I I think I said, it's, it's not a psychic reading and it's not an intuitive reading. So Generally, when people are want to work with Akashic space or Akashic energy, or the, um, is to have a list of questions that you want real guidance on. Like, you know, how am I going to move from, you know, example, if I, you know, I'm in a work situation and maybe I'm not happy with my work situation, I have this passion project that I want to bring into fruition. But, you know, like reality tells me I need to stick it in my job until I can build this passion project. So what are the steps that I need to take? And that's really what it is. It will teach you. The guidance is this loving, compassionate guidance. So when you sit and you create meditation and, you can, and your intention is connected to the Akashic space for guidance. So it's going to be this guidance that's going to come for your highest good as well. It's not going to be something that you can't ask about lotto tickets. You cannot ask about somebody else either. You can ask about your own possessions. You can ask about your house. If you have a business that you own, you can ask about that. But if you, the minute you ask about another person or somebody else's possession, the energy will kind of redirect you back to yourself. And I've had people try and ask specific questions about other people. And I generally say, you know, I cannot ask those questions, but, you know, we'll see what guidance has for you to help you through this. If it's a relationship, how is it going to help you? So what I see that guidance does, it gives us these practical steps of what to do. I always tell people these steps will be very clear and they will ask you to go do it. And you should go do it because you're your own guinea pig. So you're your own experiment. So try these steps out. If you want to change life, you need to put these steps into actions. You know, some people come for readings and they're like, oh, that's great. I love that idea you know, and then they don't go do anything. And then they come back with the same question or similar question. And the funny thing is guidance would give the same steps or the same guidance. It always gives it in this loving, compassionate way because you're the highest and they only want the best and the highest for you. So the guidance is going to be sometimes very practical, very simple. It's not going to be super elaborate, you know, like 
yesterday I was reading for somebody and I said, I kept, you know, there was this essence of creativity and I was like trying to like find exactly what it is. Cause sometimes they'll show us very clearly a thing or they'll show us, um, like snippets of it, at least the way I see it. And, um, I was like, and then she said, Oh, I used to dance. I said, that's all you have to do is just go belly dance music on at home and belly dance. And, you know, she kind of looked at me kind of weird. I said, just try it out. Just try it out. Just this week, this weekend, just try it out and then report back. <laughs> yes. I love it. I mean, who doesn't want practical steps? I mean, it's such a, it's such a beautiful thing that we can consult um, and such an amazing ritual or resource that we have, you know, at our fingertips to help us on our, on our journey. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and if, you know, Linda, is there any? Go ahead. I was going to say that the only other thing, you know, they they provide, you know, when we're working through spaces in our life, if we have um, an energy that's like a pattern that reoccurs, sometimes with through the Akasha too, they'll show us in our past lifetimes why this pattern is reoccurring. So they'll give us like snippets into it. And you know, sometimes people ask about their past lives, and I wait to see if that energy comes up. But if there's something that they that's a reoccurring experience in this lifetime, sometimes they'll show us snippets from a past lifetime too. And not to like like um, attach to, oh, I was this and this happened in a past life, but to show you what that occurrence was, because it's also is like, um, like a cellular memory piece too. So once we have this sort of um, connection to it on a mental level, we can start to see how it's affecting us on like a cellular memory too. So sitting sometimes just in that Kashuk space too is also very healing as well so yeah mm. yeah because i've heard um people say that for people who have similar experiences that keep coming up in their lives um you know they haven't learned the lesson is what i've been told you know it's like oh well it keeps coming up because you haven't learned the lesson that it's trying to teach you um would that be similar in, in what you're saying about our, having recognition of a past life occurrence and having that wisdom pulled forward? Like what would be your take on that yeah, piece so, of advice or people? Yeah. Say? I would say that because you could say like, you know, I haven't learned the lesson, but it will take it to like a higher level of saying that your soul is actually showing you what you're learning. And now you have the conscious opportunity and the choice to actually make a difference. And why it's coming up now in your life. So instead of us saying, like, it seems like a 3D perspective to say, um, I haven't learned the lesson. It feels like it's an affliction versus what is it actually teaching me and what's it helping me to grow from? So I always see that as things come up, you know, all things happen in life. You know, everybody, nobody's immune to anything, I feel. And the more you step onto um, your spiritual passage or your pathway, things come flying at you because they want you to learn it and you are choosing this pathway. You can also choose to ignore it. And so things are going to come back if we ignore them, no matter we're going to, you know, I always give this analogy of, you know, walking down the same path all the way to school and every day you knock your head on a low lying branch and until one day you're like, Oh, low lying branch. And then you're going to keep walking. There may be like a ditch that you never saw. And then you're like, start falling. <laughs> things come to show us like how we can be it's and also feel like these things that arise are actually redirections actually showing us you know in shamanism they talk about don't push the river right flow with the river this is it the river is going to always redirect us but it's human nature to hold on to something and want to keep it that way but you know the universe is 
you know, it's impermanent. There's always this shift and there's always this change. We can't imagine that we could, we've tried to control things, you know, all the roads go straight, try goes straight, but then there's like a big mountain in the way. You either have to drill a hole through it or you have to like go all the way around it, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, this piece about adaptability helps us to like, as we seeing as, you know, this is a roadmap, we've chosen this roadmap. We are seeing in all of this space too, like, you know, you choose the, the map that you want to go, but we still have free will because there's a thousand ways to that one thing that we eventually want to surrender into, that we want to accomplish, if you will, a soul's goal for the this lifetime, if you will. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. That's so beautifully said. Um, and, you know, what's so great for anybody who's listening to this, if you are interested in connecting with Belinda. Um, I know I certainly am. She has generously given us an amazing gift or an opportunity. Um, and I'm going to link to it in the show notes. Um, but you can go to her website and she's offering 20% off an Akashic reading, um, until the end of February. And you just use the code ritual, um, to get that amazing generous offer. So thank you so much, Belinda, for, for that beautiful gift. And um, for your energy today and for your beautiful wisdom, you've been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you, Amber. Thank you so much again. I feel honored to sit here with you and to be in this space and to be on your show and to walk with you and to watch you and to witness you. And, you know, to everybody else that's watching, thank you so much for just taking this time. I always believe that when we're sitting here, I create, we create the sacred space, so this intention to share, it's, it becomes a healing experience. It becomes a transmission. So, you know, I would say, I know that there's words in here that will resonate deeply with you, that will help you on your path, that you will see everybody that watches, listens to this, will see a way through. And whatever you are working with today, tomorrow, this, these medicines, I kind of snuck in this somewhere. And so just listen deeply and see what resonates with you. So thank you so much. I'm so honored to sit here with you. Thank you.